André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, your Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 20. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And we're going to start today's podcast on a bit of a fun, positive note, because it's definitely not been that in the last week as a Spurs fan, but whenever things get a bit bad and get a bit rough as a football supporter, it's always good to look back on players uh, and moments and teams that just fill you with good memories. So what we're going to do um, on the pod today is we're going to go through and we're going to do our favourite slash best slash weird all-time Premier League 11. Now, we were just talking off-air, and mine is sort of like my favourite and the best sort of combined as one. But you were just saying to me, I said that you've done three teams for this. I did three because I did the Premier League one, and it started just becoming Welsh and then a bit Spursy. So I've done a Premier League ex-Wales, a Wales and a Spurs. So, <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. What one do you want to start with? Well, let's do the Premier League one. Uh, let's do it position by position. So, goalkeeper, I'm going to give you a quiz. I'm going to tell you the teams he played for. And see, my my goalkeeper is the only left field one, maybe because it is a blend of my favourite players. But and there's some which, and most of them are the best they maybe they've ever been in those positions. But my goalkeeper is a bit of an odd one. I just always liked him, you know, because this came from that conversation last week about how goalkeepers came into my brain. And I did have Stekelenburg because he was just, I just remember him. You know, I just always enjoyed watching him play. I don't know why, but this is what I changed it because I enjoyed watching him play more because there's a feature about him, which I've never seen on another goalkeeper. I can't remember. And you'll, you'll know what the feature is. And it's nothing to do with race before anyone thinks about that. So he played for Vassas, which I think is in Hungary. Uh, then he played for Bolton. Is it K- Kareli? No. Oh, okay. Bolton for eight years only yeah. making 104 appearances went to crew on loan in the middle of that then he went to liverpool for four years only making two appearances he went to wigan on loan in there then he went to hibs went to hibs and he currently plays for ferenc faros now the feature bogdan bogdan no way is it actually that's such a weird one and the feature is Ginger. Ranga, yeah. Is he the only ginger goalkeeper? I can't think of another one. But he wasn't like light ginger. He was Georges. Quickly Google ginger He's the most ginger player I've ever seen in the Premier League. Like, who are the other big... If you Google ginger goalkeeper, it just comes up with Adam Bogdan. Yeah. And weirdly, Oliver Kahn. No. Now, he was a great goalkeeper. He was like... There haven't been many goalkeepers. We don't get them these days, which are just walls. I remember Dida was one like that. Schmeichel was one like that. But I, I don't remember. Anyway, so love Bogdan. Now, who was yours? Well, for me, this guy this guy is, is without doubt the best goalkeeper the Premier League's had. Like a key pillar in the Man United dynasty, Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, he can't. Like, and I just, I don't, and, and he is like the definition of a wall in goal, isn't he? Like he was yeah. just, such a presence, brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper, like winning mentality, just fantastic. And for me, like he's the standard that I think all goalkeepers strive to try and get to. Yeah. Um, the only one, the only one that I've, I've written down alongside him was Petr Cech, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of it's like it's longevity. Like again, he did it for so many years at Chelsea. He was a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper. Um, but I just think Schmeichel for everything that he won. Um, 
And like I said, when you think of great goalkeepers, it's just the first name that comes into your head. Yeah. No, and the brief here is the ones that we enjoy playing. You enjoyed him because he was great, right? That, that's yeah, the, that's and, like, and when also when I was a kid, like I used to really like goalkeepers, which seems a bit mm. weird now. But like my dad used to sometimes buy me the, the Spurs goalkeeping kit rather yeah, me than too. one. Me too. Like, I used to love for Christmas. I'd always get a set of goalie gloves. Like even though I played out in field, like I just loved goalkeepers. Well, were, were they like the? Because I used to get the neon ones, which had like black grip pads sewn on, like really cheap ones. Were they like that? They were, I, I, I didn't really like flamboyant colours, if I'm honest. They were the only ones available in Poundland, I think. <laughs> I remember one year like being mesmerised because they brought in the finger saves within the, the club. With the, so the like, ribs on the back, yeah. so you couldn't bend back. And you had like a claw, and I was like so excited. And I got a pair, and I hated them. I hated them. Pete <laughs> <laughs> right. Schmeichel, and I remember always used to say to my dad as well, like, why can't he play for us? And like, as a kid, I just couldn't grasp, like, yeah. why didn't he play for us? Like, he's, we've got he's such a good goalkeeper. Why is he not top them? Because we've got Ian Walker. And Esmond Barton. <laughs> yeah. uh, left back now. Well, you see, in I, I've sort, I'm not playing with a left back, really. I'm, not? I'm playing 3-8, or 3-7, basically. <laughs> so I've... I've given a decent team because you always tell me off for just having too many attacking players and having. Well, like def- I, I just I couldn't like there was just some players that like I can't not have in the oh. team. Well, fine. Well, I left put- back. Left back. If I was playing with a left back, I pro- I would have probably had Dennis Irwin. Just like Irwin. And I love the fact that he was a right-footed left back. Like yeah. that, that's just brilliant. I put Ashley Cole. Yeah, because he was the first of the modern left backs and he was brilliant for Chelsea and Arsenal. He was just brilliant. And then. I, I just, he, uh, we don't need to talk about him that He's much. He's the best he? left back in the world for five or six years. Yeah, people, do, he don't really think about it, but he, he was the best fullback. At a time when fullbacks were transitioning from being, they used to be failed wingers. Now, you could almost say wingers are failed fullbacks now. The, the job, there's a completely different job to what they used to be when we were growing up. Um, like Owen, for England as well, Ashley Cole, no, if that's right, just, I think. Yeah, we went to the Galaxy, didn't he? And he did the job out there. Yeah, great player. Um, Cheated on Cheryl Cole though, so mm. flawed. I remember the uh, was it FHM the front, the front, um, the cover had a picture of her in her in the pants, and it said, "Would you cheat on this woman?" And I was a bit like, "You shouldn't be cheating on anyone, Let, regardless <laughs> yeah. of whether it's her or not." <laughs> it's just silly. Uh, fine, let's talk centre backs because we lo- we love defence here. Yeah, I, I've I've got two two who would kill you, one from Serbia. He's going to Merdia. Yeah. So that's Vidic. And the other one is uh, Ferguson's greatest regret of selling is Yap, Yap Stam. Um, yeah. Mm. I just, I mean, when it comes to centre-backs, well, imagine those two in front of you. It, they're just rock solid. There's no one in like that in the Premier League now. It just, it would be, it would not be enjoyable for any striker playing against them. Because it's like, even if you're like quick and technical, like you're going to get hurt. Like it's going to be a painful 90 minutes. That's it. Um, Vidic was unbelievable right because he wasn't just a lump like Stan was a bit of a lump Vidic was a bit classier and alongside Rio was amazing but he just had this one weakness one player who just turned him and it was Torres all the time just turn him all the time just destroy him make him look like do you remember one of my favorite ever Champions League goals is the Messi one where he sits Jerome Boateng down you know that one because that is a world-class World Cup winning defender who he made to look silly like just sat him down and Torres did that to Vidic on a couple of occasions. I've got three centre halves yeah. in mind, so cool. I, I've I've got Vidic as well. But yeah. uh, the thing, the reason that I've got Vidic is because 
I've got Ferdinand as well, and it's like oh, those yeah. two as a partnership, like were just so so good. Like I genuinely think that for centre back partnerships in the Premier League, the only one for me that is sort of up there with, alongside that is Carvalho and Terry. Like I can't think of another partnership that is is just that good. Like you just don't. Yeah, and but I don't know what the stati- I don't know what the statistics are, but I, I, do, I remember that the, the, the Terry Carvalho one is the only one that pushes is close for me. Um, because didn't they concede like eight goals in a season one year? And it was just sort of like it was ridiculous. So I've got Vidic and Ferdinand. Like Rio, honestly, was like such a brilliant centre back. Like just had absolutely everything. Like one of England's yeah, greatest yeah. for sure. Um, and then my third centre back is is still the most can we, can we close? Natural, natural defender that I've seen. It's, it's Ledley. Like it's just like the thought of like King and Ferdinand. It should have been King and Ferdinand for England for a decade. And if like if they hadn't have had injuries, it would have been King and Ferdinand at Man United as well, probably. Um, but just that back three, you know, that has got absolutely everything that you would want in a in centre half. So they're all, you know, first and foremost can all defend. Good in the air, strong, quick. Vidic maybe is the only one that's a, there's a few question marks about him with the ball, but the other two just you know Rio and Ledley could have you know been central midfielders they were they were that good on the ball um so I think that back three for me is a combination of my favorite player obviously Ledley but then a, just a brilliant aggressive partnership so the three of them just would be magnificent people forget about Ferdinand because he you know he, he did Merkin and he's he, he's quite a good co-commentator I think he's, yeah, he's, I like all right. him he's also he's done because he, he his wife died of cancer bless her and so he's got a really interesting story there and stuff but people forget that he was the world's, he was the most expensive defender and the most expensive British footballer of when he, when they bought him for, I think it was 20 mil with like 30 mil, like going up to 30 mil based on conditions. Like that's crazy money now. Like, look who we've bought for more than 20 million and compare yeah. it to that. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. and the only other players as well that was sort of like, that I did have written down was I had company. Yeah, I mean, now. you can't argue with that, can you? Because, like, I just like what he is as a person as well. Like, he's just a real leader. And you mm. can see that City have missed him. Mm. And not quite there yet for me, just because he's only, he, I say only, he's only done it for a couple of years. Like, right. Well done. But it's Van Dyke. Mm. Like, honestly, like, I think if Van Dyke maintains that, that level for another, like, three seasons, he's then in the mix for the best in the Premier League. But at the minute, there's just a question mark on. He hasn't done it quite as long as, yeah, yeah. as the other guys um if I was yeah. Real Madrid I'd be going all out for that because they're about to lose their captain centre back which has been the heart of their team for like 15 years or however long it is anyway midfielders I think I've got one which you might have that the other well maybe two but there's two you definitely won't have but I've got Makalele in there brilliant player I mean the Makalele role do you know what I mean they named the position after him he was that yeah. good Zidane, I remember when was it Real Madrid sold him and Zidane, and they bought someone else. I can't remember who it was. So a glamorous forward player. And Zidane said something like, "Why add an extra layer of gold paint on the car when you sold the engine?" And it's one of those ones again, created a new role, changed football, and it was just amazing to see because suddenly teams were like, "What is going on? We don't have an answer for this because we've never seen that before." What a player! Magnificent. And then I mean, all my subs are attacking players, but the 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 other one is Beckham. I I love Beckham. People, it was one of the best footballers you've ever seen. No one hits a ball like Beckham, um, apart from that girl from that film. And he just 
go, go and have a look at like Beckham assists on YouTube for Real Madrid to Zidane and to Ronaldo. They're just unbelievable. They're just you've never seen anyone hit a ball with that level of accuracy. And, Honestly, and, I think with Beckham, like because obviously he's so famous and he's such a global star, I think that takes away from how good a player he was. I think people forget like what a magnificent and it you know he had so much more to his game than just crossing. Yeah. So, I mean, like he was such a brilliant footballer. Like for somebody as well that wasn't blessed with absolutely blistering pace, like he was just he could do absolutely everything. He could play on either side. Like later in his career, he ended up playing holding midfield. Like you, you don't play that late into your career at the highest level if you're not a brilliant player. Oh, yeah. And it's like, was it when he finished at PSG? What was he like, 37, 38? Like, do you know what I mean? And he, and he was still turning out brilliant performances. Yeah. So he is. He was brilliant. He he didn't. He didn't quite make my team. Just it's fine. It's personal. It's, it's personal for me. So where are you? So you playing them? So you're playing Makaleli, obviously in the, in the middle. Beckham on the, right. Beckham's on the I, right. Yeah, I'm just giving you the other two. And then other sides, I've got Gary Speed because oh, yeah. what you got to do is remember, like growing up, I supported Wales in rugby, Wales in football, Spurs uh, in football, and they were all awful, right? And they were all awful. And then think we had Beckham. We had back and we had Giggs, who didn't really feel Welsh. He never played um, mm-hmm. friendlies, and he was all he was he was an English lad. He didn't sound Welsh at all. And then you had Speed, who was who just seemed like the professional, the nicest man, but he was the most consistent. Like no one had the bad word to say, and it's probably impacted by what he did for Welsh football. Like he changed Welsh football into what it is now, or what it was in 2016, getting to the semis of the Euros, and his death still well, I'm getting a bit emotional now it still gets me and I just he he set a marker for Welsh football and I love seeing him play for Newcastle or for Leeds or whoever and similarly on the other the my left winger is Craig Bellamy I loved him like he, he was effective you forget he, he did a job for every team he played for he did a job for Liverpool did a job for City he did a job for Cardiff City like and he these his philanthropic work People don't really talk about how many hospitals he's he's created, and I just I love the man. Well, I'm telling you, you're eight. Well, oh. before I do that, the, the, just on Bellamy, like I was always surprised that he never ended up at Spurs at some point. Especially yes. when, especially when we had Harry, like I was like that would be a real Harry signing to, mm. to have Bellamy in the side. And what you're saying, Gary Speed as well, like, brilliant player. Like, you don't play that many games in the Premier League again if you're not quality and like. When he did die, all the tributes. But I remember Bob, Bobby Robson doing a tribute when he, when Gary's been retired from playing, yeah. which was just absolutely magnificent. So I love I love that midfield. My my midfield. So I've got I'm playing four. So I've got three at the back. I'm playing four. So it's very attacking. Um, on the right hand side, I'm playing Ronaldo. Just you know, like probably the greatest player that has played in the Premier League. Just you know, no like, way. you don't no. even need to. Oh, really like he oh. is phenomenal he is now not in the premier league he was great know. in the premier league i don't know i think when it, i think when he was at united like you, you forget like he took united to the champions league you know what i mean they won the champions league and it's like the hard to win and, and they won it with him in the side so oh ronaldo on the right Fine. yeah i've shoehorned him in on the left because i i, I can't have a team that doesn't have thierry Henry in. Like it just doesn't feel right to not have him in there, and it's like I know he's a centre forward, but I'm I'm playing him on the left. Um, again, just the amount of goals, it just and it's like you knew when he got played in one v one, he would cut in on his right foot and just side foot, and he was just goal every single time. Exactly. It's just that. 
goal he scored against Man United where he's got the back to the defender, doesn't even look at it, and he gets quite a hard pass to his feet. He flicks it and hit volleys it over Barthez. Best goal in the, it's the best Premier League goal there's ever been, in, in my humble opinion. And then my central midfielders, like for me, this is this is Beauty and the Beast, really. I and mean, both of these guys can play, but as a partnership, again, this is the best central midfield partnership there's been in the Premier League. Paul Scholes and Roy Keane. Oh yeah, you can't argue with that. Can you? Like, I just think like Paul, Paul Scholes is is one of the best footballers I've ever I've ever seen. Like he's just he's so so good. Um, and Roy Keane equally like you know he's obviously has this persona that is that he's a half man, but like I think people forget like the start of his career he was a goal scoring box to box midfielder. Then, you know, he ended up becoming captain at Man United. He'd become a bit more of a mature sitting midfielder. But, like, his range of passing is as, is as good as anyone's. Honestly, like, if you just watch the Premier League years and watch Man United, the amount of times Roy King gets the ball and finds a centre-forward's feet with a pass, he was, like, he was such a brilliant player. And, like, a driving force. Like, what team would not want Roy Keane in the centre of the park for them? So, my midfield is Ronaldo, Skulls, Keane and Omri. So up front, are you, are you going to have Shearer so I've got and three Rooney? Up front. I've got three up front. Oh, I've yeah, got, sorry. I've got one one player in the hole and then, and then two strikers. And playing in, playing in the hole, I've got Rooney. Yeah, me, I've got Rooney. Again, like this was a difficult one because it felt strange leaving Lampard out of it just because of the goals. But I was like, I can't, like Wayne Rooney has got to be in the team. Like I, like, I just have to play a system that gets him in it. So I've got Rooney in the hole, then up top. Alan Shearer, and I think you know you don't. There's 260 Premier League goals. Like <laughs> yeah. say no more. But the, the the other striker, this was a tough one because there have been so many. Um, Didier Drogba being one, like Michael Owen, Fernando Torres, like there's, there's Aguero, like there's so many. I ended up going for a guy that is, if you're looking at just like the impact he had on a side, and the different types of goals he scored. He was such like a skillful and unique player. I've gone with Suarez. He's on my bench. Because I was, ju- again, I was just like, just a player that can do something from nothing. Um, a, a real phenomenal. And the thought of like Rooney and Suarez in the same side, it's just like, that'd be it's pretty powerful. So, but I mean, there are so many, there are so, honestly, there's so many players that could have got in. It's like, also like David Silva was another one that I was like, yeah. You know, again, longevity. Like he's been sort of a main player for City success. Like it's hard yeah. to leave him out. Um, Torre. Yeah. You know, again, central midfield. Like I felt like he was probably the only one that was challenging Skulls and Keane. Like, and you're doing it on best now, not well, necessarily the ones you enjoy. I don't know. I feel like what Wayne Rooney and Suarez are just like street footballers, yeah, yeah, aren't they? Right. Like they're just like, and they're so they've they've all, all of the players in this team as well have got like a dogged determined side to them as well which is like I love to see that in a player so yeah that's my front three Rooney behind Shearer and Suarez I've got Drogba and Rooney uh, I forgot to say I've got Alexander Arnold on the right because I'm not they're, they're not many amazing right backs there are but there's not many that I love but there's one game last season where he controlled the game from right back I've never seen that we might never see it again but he's unbelievable and on my bench I've got Torres Giggs Azard because you don't see people doing what he did. I got Suarez, Fabregas because he was yeah. world class. Uh, RVP as well. I, there's a lot of Arsenal in here, but I love a volley and like I love a first touch. That man had a cultured left foot. You can't argue about that. And then I had Janino in there going back a bit, but just because I, I was going to put Ravanelli in there because growing up 
and you know sticker albums and you think you had Middlesbrough and then he just had weirdly Ravenelli in there with his hair and his you know when Ravenelli scores he shows his belly Ooh, <laughs> and all, all that and then you had Janino just pinging in free kicks whenever he wanted it was amazing so that's what we've got to do next week is a 1-11 to players with the best chance best chance that would be good we'll do that next week and then my Welsh one I'll do them quickly goalkeeper there's only one goalkeeper Welsh big, Neville, big Neville Southall and I've got Ben Davis. Who is, who is an incredible follow on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, so good. Ashley Williams retired last week. I've got yeah. Collins, who played so many games for West Ham. I mean, Filler as well, yeah. Yeah, I ran out of centre backs as well. So we'll have that. Mm. Gunter at right back, Giggs, uh, Speed, Bellamy, and then Bell and Hughes up front. Now, my central midfield was really difficult because I had Pembridge, Savage, Davis, Simon Davis. But the big one was between Rambo and Allen. Mm. And that was hard. And I went for Allen in the end because I love him. I love that little yeah. man. And then my Spurs one of, of my cult players, so it's got nothing to do with class, is Kudicini in goal. Because how he celebrated when we drew <laughs> nil-nil, I loved him for that. And he was happy to sit on the bench. I loved that. I, I've got a lot of love for players that are happy to sit on the bench. I went Benny, Dor, Supian, Choluca. Just, I love them. How is Steve Carr not in that side? That's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. I was playing football more than watching it in that period, you know, Uh, discovering myself. I've got Sandro Modric, Malbronk, Gilfie, Lennon. And up front, I've put Adebayor because I was going to put Defoe. And that seemed like the obvious. People have switched off now. (laughs) (laughs) But bear with me. I was going to. Obviously, it's a crazy, like you put Defoe and Kane and all that sort of stuff. But that, they're the obvious answers. There's one goal Adebayor scored, which I'll never... There's two. There's one against Liverpool where he dinked it over and injured himself. I think that was 3-1 or something. Yeah. But the one against Chelsea, where yeah. I think we drew 2-2, where just totally... Out, I think Gilfie scored that game, but totally out of nowhere, away at the bridge, he just was running on the bottom of the field and decided to lift it over the goalkeeper for miles out. And like now, he hadn't had a kick that first half an hour either. Like he was so bad in that game. Yeah. And wasn't there a game against West Brom where we were like three nil down and he scored I'm a couple back. of Yeah, he scored he was important in that. He was a ridiculous player, but I kinda liked him and he, he it was it was always just that I just wish he was a little bit more. I'm also trying to avoid talking about modern Spurs here, so I will extend this. As, but I've been told, actually, that uh, we have to talk about the current state of things because it's, it's uh, cathartic for just, other people. Just on your on your favourite Spurs eleven there as well, some players that I would have in mind, I'd 100% have Robbie Keane. Like, yeah. I absolutely love Robbie Keane. Like, he was such a magnificent player. Um, not quite a top player, but for us, he was brilliant. And again, like a guy that just like, he wasn't, he was slow. Like, you know, he wasn't a physical presence, but the amount of times he'd just nip in behind a centre-back and score. And he used to score stupid goals as well. And by that, I mean like, there was one goal we scored a while lane where we'd had a corner or an attack and the goalkeeper would come out and caught it. So everybody sort of pushed out the pitch and he like hid, hid behind the post and the keeper put the ball down. He ran around to get yeah. scored. And it was like, he was just, he was like a mischievous five year old Robbie Keane on the football pitch. He was, he was great, a brilliant, brilliant, well, brilliant player. Well, his dance when we got to this well, the, in the five one against you can just see him, and he did exactly the same dance when we went and won the final against Chelsea. I just you gotta love love him. And there's all that rubbish about 
you know, he wanted to play for Liverpool. Of course he did. And he left us and then came back. But he just loved playing for Spurs. He loved it. There's a really lovely clip of him on YouTube where he's on some Irish TV programme and there's a boy uh, talking about how much he loves Robbie Keane. And then he comes on and surprises him. The boy breaks down and Robbie Keane's got his leg in plaster. But he's really nice to him. Just seems like an all-round nice guy. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to put David Ginola as well. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to put uh, Cranchar in there. I wanted to put um, Pav in there. I didn't. Um, right, let's let's talk about the goings on at the moment. Um, I mean, two games in the last week: Liverpool and Brighton. Let's start with the Liverpool one first and foremost. Now, I I, I mean, I like to think of myself as like I'll always look on the positives of Spurs, even when things aren't great. That Liverpool game was so bad. It was. It really was so bad from the tactical approach to the individual performances, to the collective performances, to the mistakes. It was just, it was, re- it was a really, really tough watch. And I think that you forget that we were going into this game. This is a Liverpool team that was it scored once in their last five games. Like had, you know, Jordan Henderson's playing at centre back. Like they've, they're, they're, they're still, they've still got the firepower, right? Of course they have, but they were a team that were in a rut. And if like, if you could have picked a time to have played Liverpool in the last two and a half, three years, it would have been the week just gone. Um, and I mean, it, like, right from kickoff, like Mane should have scored after about a minute. And you just like, as soon as that happened, I was just thinking, I know exactly how this game is going to go now. We're just going to let them come at us. And they didn't even really have to do a great deal. That was what was so alarming for me, is that sometimes when you watch a game of football, if a team play beautiful, intricate, expansive football and open you up time and time, you sort of have to say, fair enough. The amount of chances that they had for Henderson getting the ball at centre-back, hitting a 70-yard ball in the channel, and we just didn't, we couldn't we couldn't deal with it. Um, I thought that there were some players particu- that particularly stood out of being really, really bad. I thought Doherty was absolutely dreadful and like I was so excited about the signing of him and I don't think he's been shocking but he's not been what I thought we were going to get um so he was I mean I was you know that my thoughts on Oreo that I'm not a fan of his but like I was shocked that Doherty came out for the second half absolutely shocked and and Dyer as well was just I mean it was just it was so great it was like our defense had never seen Liverpool play before and they didn't know what they were going to do. They did, it was like they didn't realise that if you take two touches, they're going to be on you. That they're going to play balls in behind as soon as you start pushing up. Like we, it, it genuinely looked like we'd never played them before, and we had no idea what we were doing. And it was just, it was really, really alarming. Um, Loris as well again on. I think it was the the second goal maybe. Um, he's pushed poor, it out. But yeah, it's poor goalkeeping. Like all of them really were just so poor and it was just so disappointing because it was an opportunity for us that was to get three points and move up the league and put pressure on the sides that are above us and you know just like I can take losing but sometimes it's always the manner for me is worse than the result and it's like if we'd have played really really well against them and lost 3-0 I'd rather have that than manner and got beat 3-1 and it was just I was so disappointed and as well like the only good bit of the game was Hoiberg's goal, right? Which was an absolute beautiful strike. Like that's probably the hardest shot in football. As a right footer with the ball coming across, you've got to cut it. Yeah, yeah. Get it in the top corner. It's a beautiful strike. And like when that went in, I thought we're back in it. 
I was like, we're back. I was like, we've been terrible, but we're back in the game now. Like, come on, like, here we go. This is an opportunity. And we just, there was just no point really in the game where I thought we looked like we were going to create anything or score. And then on the flip side, like at no point did I, like every time Liverpool went forward, I was thinking they're going to score it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and that's despite the fact that they didn't even really have to do that much. And it was, just, I was just really, really disappointed because I thought that it was such a great opportunity for us. And um, we just we just didn't really turn up. And I think that the players and Jose are very fortunate that there were no fans because that's that would exactly have been it. really like I, honestly like uh, they would have been booed off for that performance just because it was it was just pretty gutless. It's it was so entirely predictable that that that's why I hated about it. You knew that's what's going to happen because that's what we've come to expect. It's not there's no plan. There's no, I, he's too mad in a bit. I'm, I'm so close to Mourinho out now because I, he doesn't, it doesn't seem to have a plan. And he says he sets us up to win, and it's now down to individual mistakes. But that, that is him distancing himself from a team. If I go into a team, uh, who's got 25 people who were high performers, they're a bit tired, and and then I, put, and then I bring 11 of my best players onto a project, and then they all make mistakes. It's my job as the manager to organise them, to make them better, and to take responsibility for their output. He's not taking any responsibility at all. It's always down to others' individual errors. And I think that's disgusting. I think he abandons his players right now. And it's all about him. And it, it there's so many... It seems so easy to sort out. It just... You, I, I don't know what he's playing at. I, I just don't know what he's playing at. And the team just disappoint me. And the, the thing is... You have a look at the team that started, how long we've had some of them. Like He's brought some brilliant players in. Reggie and Hoiberg are the best players we've signed in, in a long, long, long time. But there's, we, he, he would have come in and he would have said that he needs to change things up because we've had some of those players for seven or eight years now. And he, we've seen that he, he must have known that he needed to change it around so maybe covid's changed that but that's the same for everybody you have to work with what you've got we've got we had one of the best attacking midfielders in the world and he's he's, he's just broken that relationship with him and delhi just he's now just sitting there tweeting and liking things about how he should be playing more it just it's what's, what's changed for you asd because you know like if, we, if i was to go back and listen to a pod six weeks ago you know, it was like we're in the, we're in the title race. Like, was what, that, what what's changed? I loved it. Well, the game after where we beat City two 0 and then we beat Arsenal two 0 It was like, well, there's a plan, but it's working. Now Van came on and he did say that it's relying on some sort of accident or some sort of freak occurrence for us to score because all we're doing is we're making sure they can't score. And at that point, I thought there was no way any team in the world could score against us because we faced them. And then suddenly, it it's. It's come out that, you know, Kane and Mourinho have both said that that's not what he asked them to do and he asked them to play more attacking. So if that's the case and they they weren't listening to him then and they're not listening to him now, it feels like the dressing room's gone. And it just feels like you, you've I've made the mistake of watching a load of compilations, basically every compilation of our like season reviews. AVB, Pochettino, all of that. And you go, our identity a couple of years ago and I'm talking three years ago because we've been awful really for three years now and that, yeah, that's the hard thing good, yeah. you go back to when we were good it was it was everything Pochettino was about was about passion was about flair and about making the club proud and that if you sacrifice that for the sake of points and winning and trophies you've got to get points and, and trophies we're 
in the last five, right now, this time in the league, we're mid. There's two seasons where we've, I can dig them out, two seasons where we've um, had a higher points total at this point. Uh, I can tell exactly which. I've got my, my graph in front of me uh, 18, 19, and 16, 17. We're above where we were last year by seven, uh, by three points. Um, actually, no, we're in even seventeen, eighteen. We're higher, so we're we're not performing well. He's like he's only lost nineteen home games in his whole career, and six six of them have been with us. Mm. I just we've sacrificed everything, and we've got nothing for it. And it's even got. I was even thinking like, what is the point of a trophy? It's great for the club. It means you can go into work, and no one can give you that shit about you know you haven't won a trophy. But all I want is to watch great football. And I want to, I want to see that we tried. I don't mind losing five nil if we're winning, if we're winning great. And I know he made his legacy with Chelsea, you know, playing that horrible football like Greece did in the Euros, but just winning. And oh, I actually didn't play that bad at Chelsea. It's just there's a bit of me that is coming to realization that actually maybe his style of football is just is gone by. It just doesn't work, and it, it just it's not working. I'm, I'm not, it's not worth the sacrifice. It. it to answer your question, it's not worth the sacrifice that we've made. I hate watching it. Like, you spent four hours of your life watching Liverpool and the Brighton game. Did you get any enjoyment from that at all? No, not an individual performance, not a team performance, not a goal, not maybe a Hoiberg's goal, but nothing. And I hate it. I, I just, I hate watching Tottenham. I'll tell you what's interesting for me is that we haven't, we haven't played well for a, a number of seasons, right, as you just said. And I think during the Pochettino reign, and a lot of the well, the majority of the criticism was on the players in the mm. Pochettino reign, right? And it was the players aren't performing, they're not up to scratch, they're not hitting the standards that we expect. Whereas it's relatively, it's a very similar group of players that Jose's got, but now all the criticism's on the manager. And I find that that shift is very interesting when really, if we were to look at it, not a lot has changed, has it? If mm. we're being honest, we're, we're probably doing better under Jose than we were under Poch in his last 12 to 18 yeah, yeah, weeks, right? But we're still not doing not doing fantastic. I just think that that shift is, is quite interesting. But I think for me this season, like watching us, we've had some amazing performances. Like you think of the victories against City, the victory against Arsenal, the 6-1 at Old Trafford. Like we've had some, br- the 5 the, the Arsenal one wasn't a great performance. I don't oh, think when, it was a great whenever, performance. Whenever, whenever you beat Arsenal, it's fantastic. That's a great result. It's not a great um, performance. But I think for me, it it's something shifted after the West Ham game. Like being 3-0 up and drawing. And I do genuinely think like in the run up to that game, we had the balance of, we're going to be a counter-attack side. Like that's how we're going to play. But we're going to create enough opportunities in a game as well. Like, mm. and, it, and and we were scoring. Like, it felt like we when we were going into games that we were going to score at least two two goals, and we were going yeah. to be solid at the back. And I feel like that West Ham game, being freeing up and letting in those three late goals. I don't know if it's Jose, the players, whatever, but the handbrake's just gone on, and it's sort of like we're not getting done on the break again. That feels like that. That's the view of the team. We are not going to get hit with counter-attack goals. We're just going to sit in. But the the problem we've got now is we just, I don't, again, I don't know if this is this group of players or if it's Jose, I'm not sure. But when I watch us, we don't have any patterns of attacking play. We, we, We have none. And it's like, if you think about Liverpool and I was to say to you, think, imagine a Liverpool goal. 
right in your head now, you're picturing the opposition having the ball and the front three and the whole team pressing them. They're nicking it and then Salah or Mane bend it in from the edge of the box. Like That's a Liverpool goal. If I tell you to imagine a Man City goal, it is wingers to the byline, back post, Aguero taps it in. Like That's a Man City goal. Like That's how mm. they play. It's intricate passing. And passages of attacking play are on the training ground and you see it in matches. Like You see teams score the same goal week in, week out. And I watch Spurs, and this is for a long. This is not just Jose. This is Pochettino as well. Like I don't, I can't picture what a Spurs attack looks like. The only time I can picture it is the, probably the first 15 games of this season, which was we're in deep, we win it back, it goes into Kane, he gets to turn Suns in. That that's the only Spurs goal I can imagine, and that's not a training ground passage of play. Mm-hmm. That's just you know clinical counter attack football. What we can't seem to do, and again, like I said, I don't know if this is Jose, if this is the players, if this is Tottenham, or, or I'm, not, I'm not sure what it is, but I just I can't see us having the ability to break sides down. Mm. And it's like, we'll, we'll, we can talk about Brighton a bit more in a minute, but it's sort of like when teams deny us the space in behind, like we don't know what to do. Um, and I, I look at the personnel and I was like, you know, Undenbele for me is still one that I'm really... I'm on the fence with him. Like he's had games, what? he's had games this where he's been absolutely brilliant, but he's had as many games where he's done nothing. Wow. And I'm like, for a player of that ability, this is why I find him such a frustrating player because you've seen him do stuff where you think no one else on the pitch can do that. Only you've got that ability. But then like, like the Liverpool game, I was like, here we go. Like Undenbe, like dominate this game of football. Like grab it and like make it yours and it's like and it didn't happen and I'm just sort of like I get so frustrated with players that are inconsistent it's why I can't stand Lamella like it's because you've seen look the Rabona goal and other moments of brilliance that he's done the years that but it's like but it's it's too few and far between for me and it's like I just look at us and I think Undenbele is probably the only one that's got the ability to play a good forward pass into a striker but you don't get that from, from him every game. And it's like, if he has one of his games where he's not on it, you know, we, we're just not going to create anything. So there's a, there's a few things for me there. There's the, the shift that has gone from the players onto the manager compared to the Pochettino reign. Mm. And the fact that we don't look like we know what we're doing from an attacking point of view. And we have, again, we haven't for a while. And it's like, I just don't know why that is because it's like, you know, we've got Kane and Son brilliant. Is it, is it that creative link that we just lack? Is it is it Ericsson not being there and Ericsson's decline? I'm not sure, but we just don't have we don't seem to have that ability. Right. So the reason I think it's because the the Pochettino Mourinho thing is because they when it was Pochettino, you saw what he could do and he changed the squad and you saw the plan, you saw what he did to Tottenham, and so when the the squad wasn't responding to that. Then it was the players because Pochettino was Pochettino was doing such an amazing job. Whereas Mourinho's come in and it's been his job to take that squad and to change the weaknesses and to just fill the gaps. And he hasn't been able to do that with. And that should be his skill. It's not about recruitment. It's about sorting out what is a brilliant, what should be a brilliant squad. And then the I'm not having that end on belief. He hasn't had many bad games and like the Brighton one. No one had a great. The Brighton was awful and it was 11 players who didn't have 
dreadful individual games. There were some mistakes, but they were all there was no plan at all. It's like they'd never met each other. They'd never talked about what they wanted to do that game. And they'd never seen Brighton, and so it was like players playing other players into impossible situations. People running forward, then not having anyone in front of them, no one in the box. It was awful. I think like I'm looking at the squad, and I'm looking at the squad now. Hugo Lloris, 34. Maybe we could get rid of him now. I, we've just sent Gazaniga out on loan. I don't know why that's happened. I don't know what the point of Joe Hart was well, with Gazaniga. Well, Gazaniga, then, he's, only, he's, only really, he's only got on the bench once all season, I think. It's crazy, that, for me. Right. I, 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 do, I feel like with Gazaniga, because he did well last season. He did. When, when Hugo was injured, he came in and I was like, he's a good backup goalkeeper. I'm almost certain that something happened between Jose and Gazaniga when Vaughan got picked in mm. that Norwich Cup game. Because that was, it just seemed odd when that happened. And since then, Gazanik didn't really get a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me, like, I'm going through this place. Sanchez, like, would I take him or sell him now? I'm looking at the transfer market value. If I could get 36 mil for Sanchez, I'd oh, take it. All day. Eric Dyer, 27, 22.5. I think he's, I think he's, he's I don't think he's what we need. I, he's, he's obviously very flexible. He can play in any position, but he's not a brilliant centre back. He's not a brilliant defensive midfielder. I, I think, think... It's the, my, my, my thoughts with Dyer have never changed. It's like I like the guy because I like what he's got about him, but it's sort of like he is a very, very good squad player to have. And he's it's a good squad player. Yeah, that's he's fine. A, he's a very, very good squad player, and you do have to have some of them, but it's like. If he's sent back for you for 38 games in his Premier League season, you know, you're. I think the difference there is if he's if he's your first choice centre half, you're a top four challenge inside. If you get somebody better, you're 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 a top two challenge inside. That's it. And so let's go down. Toby Alderweireld, 31, has got no legs anymore. He he cannot run. He's now just been outpaced, and we're we're getting stretched because we've got wingers that that go up, and he is getting outpaced. He can go. Rodon, love him. He's, he's the future. Tanganga. Roden's probably the only positive in the last week. I know he made a bad error against Liverpool, but I mm-hmm. thought he played well. And I, I, I thought he was very brave. Mm. Like that he, I feel like when you play against pacey attackers, like you can, you can naturally drop because you're like, they're too quick. But like he insisted on pushing up, pushing up, pushing up. He wasn't scared. Yeah. I, I really like that. I think he looks like he could be quite good. But the fact that we're talking about, you know, like, Oh God, we need to have him in the team. It's sort of like we just signed him from Swan. Was it from Swansea? It's sort yeah, it of was. like he hasn't played in the Premier League before. He's young. It's sort of like is yeah. that the point it's we're done. at? Do you know what I mean? It's like that's again, it. that's quite telling. Reggie, brilliant. Ben Davis. I'm having Ben Davis. I am biased, but I think between him and Reggie, there's a there's a first team player in the back. I don't mind Ben Davis. Again, I don't think that he for me is another is a good squad left back to have. Yeah, and he can and he can play that left centre back or left of, of three. I'm I'm all right with him. Doherty, we can get rid of. Oria, not good enough. Winks, not good enough. And Dombele, we keep. Lacelso, we keep. Hoiberg, we keep. Sissoko, I never want to see him play for Tottenham again. Delhi, I think he's brilliant and he, he should be in that squad. Just on Sissoko, he hasn't been in the side recently, and it's sort of like I know that individually he's not a great player, but like again, I think back to the first 15 games of the season where it's like. For me, like him and Hoiberg in that defensive role is the best that we've got. I mean, I don't know why Sissoko all of a sudden has been outside and he comes back in for Brighton and plays right back, which that just seemed crazy to me that you'd have him in there, especially like as a wing back where you're reliant on your wing back putting crosses in. Like, I just thought that was a 
real strange one, but it's yeah, like, awful. you know, I, I don't mind Sissoko. Again, he's he's not a great individual player, but I think like he does a job for us in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daddy. Son, Son's having a bit of that time now where he hasn't actually done anything for four games now. You know, like he's he's run about a little bit, but he hasn't done anything impactful. And but obviously I'm keeping him. Bergvine. And also with Sun, like you, you, we have to remember, was like his run at the start of the season was such an overachievement. Like it, it, it was never going to be realistic to expect that he was just going to no, sustain that forever. Um, it's just now about him finding the consistency with it. Stephen Bergvine. I'm having him. I think he can be really useful as a squad player. Mora, he can go. Bale, awful now. I'm not having him anymore. Like he's just, he's nothing now. He did nothing on the, he, nothing. Like even against team like lower lower league teams in the FA Cup, he's not doing anything. Lamella should have gone five years ago. Kane's obviously Kane and Vinicius. I don't know why he didn't start Vinicius. On well, I mean, the the, the Brighton game as as a whole was. I didn't think it would get worse than Liverpool, but it did. Um, it was, it, honestly, it was like Brighton under Potch when we went there and lost 3 0. It was just like, yeah, was bad, wasn't it? we just, at no point, again, no point did we look like scoring. Like, we weren't up we weren't up for the battle. And, like, that for me is the real worrying sign. It's like, you can talk as much as you want about tactics and formations and all that, but, like, ultimately, it's like, get to the ball first, win your headers, like, Pass and move. Like if you've got the ball, pass it to someone on your team. Move into bits. Like it's the real basics of football that we just didn't do. So it's sort of like you can't even go on and talk about formations and all of that because it's like we just didn't do what you need to do to win a Saturday league game, let alone a Premier League game. Um, it's just really, really disappointing. And I was I, honestly, I was very surprised that Bale started and Vinicius didn't. But I really thought Vinicius would start that match. Um, but I was pleased at half time where he changed it and was like, look, it's not working. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you know, I, I feel like when you're making this many changes all the time, it's like that tells me you don't know what your best side is, don't know what your best formation is. Um, he's not afraid to hold his hands up and be and change a system, which I like about Jose. Like if it's not working, he does change it. But like we played, what, three different formations and we had we made all the subs we could make and it was like and nothing made a difference which was just so worrying but Bale oh it's hard isn't it because it's I'm sort done. of like it's the, done. It's, the, the way it's gone so far this season it, we won't be getting him on a permanent the way it's gone so far like that just won't be happening um he's really got to up it for the next well for the rest of the season really if, he, if he's talking about coming back permanently because it's just like it's just not enough it's not enough at all what we're getting from him, especially now that like, you know, Kane's out now. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Hopefully not too long. But like, this is when we really need Bale and we need Vinicius. But Vinicius, it's harder because he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't got the minutes yet. It, it's I there's nothing there. If if he hadn't if this was a strike if this was just if this was Gedson Fernandez, Man United just scored the fourth against Southampton. It's not even forty minutes gone. They are. Um, if this was Vinny, if this was Fernandez, he still would have gone back on loan. He's done nothing, mm. and uh, maybe Zidane was right. Maybe Zidane, I, it's not a fitness thing now. You can get back up to fitness September to January, and or game sharp, game sharpness. I'm not having. I, I'm done with him. And going through those players then is, and saying that basically we're going to sack half the squad, and what's left is 
bare bone, like there's no first team squad there is really depressing because I still look at teams around us and I would still choose our our individuals over them. But even though Southampton are being battered in front of me, when you play against teams like Southampton, what you know is you're going to get a plan and they're going to be hard to beat. Palace as well. You know that what is going to happen. And why haven't we got that from the best manager in the world? It's just ridiculous. But this is what is the biggest head scratcher because it's sort of like we did have a we did have such an identity for the first 15 games and it's like something somewhere has changed someone, something, everybody. I don't, and, and that's what is such a puzzle that it's like, we did look so solid. Do you know what I mean? And we were scoring goals and it's, so it's sort of like, why, what's changed there? You know, what was wrong about the United victory and the Southampton victories and the way, you know, and the city win Arsenal, you know, all of all of that, like why, what's what's happened and it's like we're not going to know the answer to that and it's like I, I still find it difficult to believe that the manager is telling the players to not play like that do you know what I mean it's sort of like it just goes against any kind of logic but something somewhere is happening where I don't know if it's just not clicking or are we reading too much into it are we just in a bad run and we're, we're going to bounce out of it and win the next three and then all of a sudden you're fourth in the league and everything's rosy again it's like it's really really difficult at the moment because football's so unpredictable life is so unpredictable and emotional and it's sort of like if you just take football out of it for a second and just think like little things that bug you that you know normally wouldn't because everybody's emotions are so heightened because of what the world is and it's sort of like if we were to we always say that we've got to try and look at football from an emotionless point of view right and look at it robotically and it's like if you try to do that I guess you would say that we're just in a bad run and we'll snap out of it, but I don't know. We're definitely in a bad run. I think it'll get a little bit worse before it gets better and it will get better. I still think maybe we'll finish top four. My reaction is about not what we're having to sacrifice to get there. Is you, I think you are right. Like you have a look at everybody is dipping hard at the minute, right? Everybody's feeling trapped. Everyone's locked in. It, I was listening to a podcast from a Holocaust survivor who's also a therapist who deals with or psychologist who deals with PTSD. And she said something that was really interesting is that trauma doesn't have any hierarchy. Like you can't say this is more traumatic. So my experience is worse than you. Now, obviously there are, there is a scale, but this you're saying for largely the majority of people, if you go through trauma, you go through trauma and trauma is being locked in with your family. Trauma is like a family member dying. The trauma is like the whole society shutting down around you and all of that stuff. And these are young people, some of them who are nowhere near home, who haven't been able to go home, who would normally go home in the international breaks and all that. And everybody you know, everybody I know is tired, like exhausted at the minute. And we, we've got to we've got to know that. And that that's maybe that's playing a part obviously every other player is facing that as well but we, we can't control their behavior so we are in a bad run hopefully that will change very very soon i just i th- i also think that there is a style and it got worked out very quickly like it's very easy to stop like arsenal putting something like 40 crosses against us if you remember like if you just go just head one of those in had a couple of those in you'll be you'll be in and so I, th- I think you just block off Kane and Son and they go oh actually no one else is going to score the goals mm. it's very easy to play against us especially when they don't have a striker yeah. Any- anyway it's I don't want to be too depressing I, a well, lot of people... and also as well it's sort of like we can't be because we've got Chelsea in a couple of days so it's like you know there's 
if ever there was a game to bounce back against, it's Jose against his old side. They've just got a new manager. It's a London derby. Like recently, the games against Chelsea have been pretty ferocious, and it's like that is my much bigger derby now than what it was ten years ago. So it's sort of like that could be the worst game or the most perfect game. You know, you, you don't know until the result comes in. But I, for me, like now, this is an absolute must-win game for us first. Like even a draw, like we we have to win this game. I was like, I genuinely think if we lost it and we lost it badly top four is then looking you know it's looking like a stretch so it's going to be a huge game and then you know you haven't got a lot of time to recover after Chelsea and then we've got West Brom who I think they won tonight did they West Brom yeah so uh, do you know what I mean they, they drew I saw I watched them against oh no they, they ended up losing to Sheffield United tonight in the end oh, sorry they lost 2-1 but you know all of a sudden they look to sort of be getting what Allardyce is trying to do there's no easy games mate they conceded was it 16 goals in their first three games, like the most of any Premier League take taken over in their first three home games, or something crazy like that? I I think it's I think they're getting worse. I think we'll lose to Chelsea. We might even even lose badly. And I think we just got to get it. It's the it's that Team America time again, where he just goes out and vomits. We just got to have that session, and then um, the 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 makeup kiss with West Brom will be. I think we'll, we'll batter him and we'll get our confidence back, and that that's where it will be. So I think we just got to button down for Chelsea, not lose, not concede. I'd take a nil-nil and then build with West Brom. Like, let's go back to basics. Let's pass to each other. Let's pass forward. Let's make the runs. Play Vinicius. Just play a decent team. I think the Celso coming back will be really helpful at some point. No one knows when he'll come back. But it, we'll, we'll start to see that energy again. But yeah, it's not been great. But I'm... It's not been great, but it'll get. You there. have to, you have to try and be like, you have to try and be positive, don't you? It's like you've got to look and be like, a derby is a great chance to bounce, bounce back, and we'll do that, and then all of a sudden we'll put ourselves on a, mm. on a run, and we'll be talking again in six weeks about how everything's brilliant again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a, t- it's a tough podcast this week, right? With those results, those performances, it can be difficult to sort of try and be, try and be a bit yeah. cheery. But hopefully, for everybody that's listening, we've given you a bit of a. Spurs therapy. Mate, you're not doing a quiz because you sound like you're signing off. I haven't got a Have you got a quiz? I haven't got one this I'll week. I'll do a quiz. Yeah, give me two seconds and I'll week. find one. I'll do a Tottenham Chelsea from... Tell you what, I'll do the Tottenham Chelsea from the 2-1 where Bale and Defoe score 2-1. Oh, we battered them in this game as well, didn't we? Fat Frank scored right at the end. I was... Yeah. This well, And I remember this game as well because this we should have won this 3-0. Like we should have really beaten them and beaten them pretty confident. They haven't. Did they have a man sent off in this game as well? Potentially they might have done. Uh, well, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, actually they did. So the Chelsea team: Czech Ferreira, Terry, Alex Lampard, Jay Cole, not the rapper. I'm assuming it's Joe Cole. Mikel, Maluda, Zhirkov, Deco, and Drogba. Uh, with Hilario, Ivanovic, Cole, Balak, Kalou, Sturridge, and Elka. I still can't get over seeing Ivanovic play for West Brom it's so weird also and I like when did Craig Dawson sign for West Ham what I didn't really and I, I, I they watched the game again they had against Liverpool they have not in his plan centre-back and I'm thinking he went down with Watford when did that happen anyway so weird. Uh, yeah Lampard scores in night I mean all right so you know it's Defoe and you know Bale started so uh, give me the give me the rest give me the goalkeeper so was this Friedel 2010 so the the no, and the substitute on the bench was Ben Alnick. 
Jeez. Um, 2010, so it might have been Gomez. It was. God, then God. Bell at left back. Uh, was it Bell was Bell at left back in this game? Yeah. Wow. Uh, right on. back. We played three centre backs. Did we? I'm going to say, I'd, I'd assume it's Walker, a right back. No. It wasn't. Uh, Hang on. No. I, I don't know what is happening here. Or maybe Bell is playing more attacking here. Or oh, was it Corluca? This twenty ten. No, there's no. Well, he's a centre back who then became a right. He must have been the centre back who played right back. He. Cabal. Cabal yeah. Cabal. Uh, so Cabal, Dawson. Yeah. King. No, one we always say was bought as his understudy. Didn't make it. The song. The song. Yeah. So Cabal, the song, Dawson, the left back. And Asuicotto. Yeah, Benny. Then it must have been Bale on the left. Yeah. Lennon on the right. Ex Arsenal, ex Arsenal, super Bentley in the middle. Um, this is quite a classic team, to be honest. It's not maybe, difficult. Maybe Genus. No. Huddleston. Huddleston. Um, 2010. Ratface Scott. Judas. That's a bit early for him, isn't it? Ratface Judas. I don't know. Who's the other Number 14, best player in the world. Oh, Modric. Modric. Yeah. Then and Defoe. Then... And the other one, who was a striker, who all, he was number nine at the time, almost made my team. Pavlichenko. Superpav. So, and substitutes. Bad side, actually. It's not, no, it's not awful. I th- they, they give this team a run for their money. Yeah. So, Ben Anik on the bench, Walker, Rose, Livermore, Townsend, Crouch, Good Johnson. Oh, it was the Good Johnson, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. So, Bale scored in the 44th minute. See, I, th- I still think he was playing at left back at that time, but it can't be because we can't be playing Bale, Kabul, Song Dawson and Asricotto, but this is 2010. This is the Champions League year, or at least you know. And he was playing at left back at that time, wasn't he? See, I feel like he'd gone, uh, he'd gone into midfield because this is Harry, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like Harry did push him in, push him onto the left yeah. side. Like he must have, he must have been like, we can't have because it, uh, it's just logically because Asricotto's there. Yeah. I mean, Although, do you remember that one? Was it one game where Asricotto did play on the left wing and he was so bad? It, I mean, it might have even been in like a home defeat to Wigan or someone like that, and it was just so bad. Didn't he do it away at Stevenage for a nil-nil as well, where he played the three the three so centre backs in the world? Just looking at the stats: fifty-seven percent possession to us, ten shots to their six, ten. That's ten on top. Twenty attempts to their nine, thirteen corners to their four. Unbelievable. I remember us really battering them, and then Lampard scoring like ninety-first, and there's like four minutes of added time, and you're thinking, God, just, we're hanging on. It was awful. Uh, that was one of my that was only about my third game it was the only game I've ever gone corporate well it wasn't corporate I was in the West End upper literally next to the church I've told that story before but I didn't know the songs and I was desperate to know the songs uh, and it, it felt really awkward but what a game yeah well, let's hope that there's more of that on Thursday because eh? we desperately need it oh, Bale Scott that would be great a Bale winner against Chelsea that would that, I'll forgive his West Ham miss for that the 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 perfect thing, and it's not going to happen on Thursday, would be two 0 and it's Bale and Delhi, and Delhi's back. Jeremy's oh, back in the yeah. team, and he bosses it, and him and Bale are linking up, and they're creating chances, and they both score, and they do some sort of like celebration that they've worked on the track. Like that would be that's the perfect scenario. Or Delhi scores and runs over and embraces with Mourinho, and it's sort of like it's good again. Don't because. I still have the memories of Bale scoring against West Ham in 2013 and then coming over and hugging AVB and we thought he's going to stay and then he left at the end of the season. So I'm not, I, I can't. Heartbreak, heartbreak. Heartbreak. Absolutely devastated. 
But look, let's see what happens this week. We need six points. Come back and listen to us next week because we'll either be dancing on the ceiling or we'll be devastated. I don't feel like there's anything in between at the moment. We'll be making a random football 11s just to not talk about Tottenham that's what yeah. we'll do so we'll do the like alphabet football, you don't like football or Spurs come back next week until then the future's bright and the future's lily white come on you Spurs I always thought there was very very many people interested in football and I always thought that football was a very important game but I never realised until today just how important it is whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.